Frequency is for open-minded thinkers, for observers who are hopelessly curious, for experiencers of the mysterious, and for those who are passionate about perceiving the unknown. I will be sharing with you all my own exceptional experiences and other extraordinary constructs that exist in our reality. Welcome to Access Elysium. What's up and welcome to all of you beautiful souls out there. I'm your host, Amber O'Dell, and this is the Access Elysium podcast. And today, you know, I feel like just keeping it weird. So have you ever wondered if the spirit of your dead grandma that you saw in the hallway was really your dead grandma or a trickster in grandma's avatar. So coming up on the show today, we're going to dive into different theories of what ghosts might actually be, descriptions of the unique characteristics of ghosts, and my own awesome experience with a ghostly encounter. So what the fuck are ghosts? (laughs) You know, when I was a kid, I used to think that I had it figured out. I knew what a ghost was. I knew what an angel was or maybe like a devil or a demon. Um, Yeah. And I thought that, you know, that's probably it. Boy, was I wrong. That is not even close. So we are going to start off with, oh, you know, Wikipedia. Why not? Sometimes I like it. They got some good stuff. So a ghost. What is a ghost? A ghost is the soul or spirit of a dead person or animal that is believed to be able to appear to the living. So the deliberate attempt to contact the spirit of a deceased person is known as necromancy or a seance. And other terms associated with ghosts can be apparitions, hauntings, phantoms, poltergeists, shades, specters, spirits, spooks, wraths, demons, and ghouls. Like, that's a lot already. (laughs) But I feel like those are just names of something that is the same thing or is it? So the belief in the existence of an afterlife, as well as manifestations of the spirits of the dead is widespread. Like lots of people believe in an afterlife dating back to ancestor worship in pre-literature cultures. So ancestor worship, this is like a, a veneration of the dead. So including one's ancestors, it's based on love and respect for the deceased. And in some cultures, it is related to beliefs that the dead have a continued existence and may possess the ability to influence the fortune of the living, like help a brother out, grandma, or somebody. <laughs> you know, This is how they thought. So some groups venerate their direct family ancestors and certain religions, in particular, Eastern Orthodox Church and Roman Catholic Church, they venerate saints as intercessors with God. So these saints are people who died that have a direct connection to God. And so instead of just going straight to God, now you can just go straight to St. Michael, you know, like middle management. So... (laughs) The ancestor worship was very interesting. So it's the act of praying to a deity on behalf of others or asking a saint in heaven to pray on behalf of one or for other people. So 
In addition to praying for each other in life, early Christians would pray for those who had died. So already I'm seeing that people are thinking that, you know, you exist on past death. So they're already insinuating this. There's no unequivocal evidence that Christians began to pray for the dead before like, I don't know, the third century. But some say that the earliest examples of church prayer on behalf of dead Christians are found around 350 AD. But it gets a little like... I don't know. They say rather than pray for the departed in like a regular church service on Sunday, um, they would hold special commemorative occasions, which is awesome celebrations. Um, But there was a very sharp distinction between remembering and praying on behalf of the dead people who were like faithful Christians and the ones who had died as you know, non-believers. So they did it differently. So if you didn't believe, they're like, well... We're going to pray differently for you. That's so weird. Why? Um, The Roman Catholic Church also believes in prayer for departed souls in purgatory. So other religions, though, they feel like veneration of the dead is a sin. Like, don't do it. Don't try to reach out and talk to anybody. (laughs) Stay alone with your thoughts. Um, (laughs) I don't know. That's probably not what they were thinking, but... In European, Asian, Oceanic, and African cultures, the goal of ancestor veneration is to ensure, like, well-being and positive things towards the living from the dead, and sometimes to ask for special favors, you know, give me them Powerball numbers. (laughs) No, normally what it is, is you're asking them to watch out for somebody, to look over them, to help guide them. I mean, that's where, like, come on, you can help us, right? And... Just keeping your family lineage going, lineage continuing on and having family loyalty. So kinship, that's kind of what the whole, you know, ancestor worship was all about. But certain religious practices like funeral rites, exorcisms, and some practices of spiritualism and magic um, are specially designed to rest the spirits of the dead. Ghosts are generally described as solitary human-like essences, though stories of ghostly armies and ghosts of animals rather than humans have also been talked about. So it's not just humans. We've seen ghosts of animals as well. They are believed to haunt particular locations, objects, or people they were associated with in life. According to a 2009 study by the Pew Research Center, 18% of Americans say they have seen a ghost. So, do you know how many Americans (laughs) that there were in 2009? A lot. So, 18% of all the Americans, that's 55 million people, have had an experience with a ghost. Like that's way more than just, you know, my neighbor Becky told me this story. (laughs) Way more. And in 2019, a study found that 46% of Americans say they truly believe in ghosts. That's almost half of us are like, yep, they're real. We've seen them. We've heard them. We believe in them. So, in fact, ghosts are among the most widely believed of paranormal phenomena ever, ever reported. So, what are ghosts really? Like, do we really know? Because here's what I found out. (laughs) Like I said, 
I thought I knew, you know, when I was a kid, everything was much more simpler. It gets more complex, the more knowledge you take in. Um, so yeah, it was either like a dead person as in a human, um, I guess, you know, a dead animal too now, cause got some animals going on, but if it wasn't a person, the only other thing it could be was like something good or bad, like an angel or an, a demon or a devil. That was it. And now that is not even close to what it is. And we really don't even know the difference between them. <laughs> and I just like, for instance, I had a friend one time say, you know, oh my gosh, I think I have a ghost in my house. And I was like, well, honestly, it might be a lot of things. And she looked at me like, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, well, like, tell me what's happening. I was like, this might not just be a ghost. Like, is this somebody who is just an echo? Like, it's an echo of this person. It's not really them. It's just a program that's still kind of running and you're just seeing it. Are you interacting with them? Are they interacting with you? This could be an interdimensional being or it could be somebody from a parallel universe that's popping in. This could be an angel or a demon. This could also just be a simulation that's gone kind of crossing fires into another game and or we've been uploaded incorrectly. <laughs> And I feel like when I got done with my statement, she was way more confused than if she even had a ghost in her house. <laughs> so this is where we're going to go with this. So I found on exemplar.com paranormal, what are ghosts really? We've got some theories on what they could be. I love all of this. This is exactly my thoughts on things. So Ghost stories and the tales of human spirits who return after death have been a part of human culture for thousands of years. No doubt even ancient humans have tales of ancestors returned from the grave in shocking and terrifying ways. So back then, as today, some people likely dismiss those tales as, you know, overactive imaginations, people just making shit up. That's probably true in some cases. But with thousands and thousands of reported sightings, we and now we know that's millions. We eventually have to ask ourselves if there's more to this phenomena. Is it possible the ghosts are real? And yeah, my answer is yeah. But I feel like our definition of ghost is wrong. That's the only difference that I might have in others. So as paranormal investigators kind of have gone through this stuff, um, are ghost entities, they, you know, they question how they're going to be able to, to find out, to narrow it down, to get a scientific tool that can help them. But these things could be coming from, um, yeah, another realm, another dimension. Um, what world is this being, this energy source inhabiting that we can't measure and we don't have the science and we don't have the math for it yet? It is existing. We just don't understand it yet. So are there parts of another fabric or universe that we'll never understand? Just in this human experience, it's not something for us to be able to understand. Or is it? So here's five common theories held by paranormal researchers. Number one, ghosts are the spirits of dead people. Number one, number one, yes, we all think they're just dead humans. So in a widely held belief supported by major religions. When we die, our spirit continues on. However, not all religions agree on what that spirit does after they 
die. So in most Christian faiths, the spirit heads off to heaven or hell and doesn't stick around to bother the living. They just, they out. Bye. I'm done here. Actually, I don't know if like it's like you get sucked into hell or and then you get to like float away to heaven. Either way, not coming back. Um, still, despite the Judeo-Christian influence in much of Western culture, many of us cling to the idea that human spirits walk the earth. Yeah, because we're seeing stuff and hearing stuff, you know, like it's not just something that's made up. So maybe this is a coping mechanism, like perhaps born of our need to hold on to our relatives after they're gone. Is this a manifestation of our mind doing this? On the other hand, witnessing a spirit you do not know in the living world is hardly comforting, um... (laughs) Now it's pretty frightening. And there are countless eyewitness stories of human spirits haunting houses, and they aren't all there to make us feel better. And you aren't probably related to most of them. (laughs) So how is this possible? Like, while we really don't know what happens to us when we die, some people theorize like basic physics plays a part. And so the law of conservation of energy says energy can't be created or destroyed, but can only change form. Absolutely. I am definitely a believer in this theory. So if this is the case, where did you come from before you were born? And where are you going when you are done? And are you even alive? Because if you just transform, you never are really dead. But if you're never really dead, are you ever really alive? (laughs) Maybe we need to have this so that we have a duality so we can feel like we're doing something. So is it possible we can end up stuck in this world, wandering around forever after death? Perhaps it would be because we're afraid to move on or because something is preventing us. Even worse, what if there is simply no place to go after you die and we're all meant to reside on earth in spiritual form until the end of infinity and beyond? Well, that sounds fucking awful. (laughs) I mean, I'm really having a good time here. I am loving this game. So would I come back? Probably because I think I have multiple times. Like I know I've played this game a lot, but I don't want to like be here forever, ever. You know, I want to like try other things too. So number two is apparitions are interdimensional beings. What does that even mean? So what is an interdimensional being? This is a being that we cannot perceive within our own senses, in our own reality as it is. Um, that doesn't mean these things don't exist. Like like I said before, if I can't hear it, does that mean it doesn't exist? No, it just means I can't hear it. If I can't see it, does that mean it doesn't exist? No, that just means I can't see it. You get where I'm going here? So multidimensional beings exist outside of what we can see in our dimension. So perhaps ghosts are the spirits of dead people. And as many of us are prone to believe, maybe they're interdimensional beings or people or entities who are living in another time and space. So this gets into the concept of the multiverse. And it's complicated and there's so many different theories. So this idea says there are many universes beside our own all humming along and parallel with ours. In some other universe, like all these things exist that don't exist here. So maybe the earth has 12 moons and gravity might be so light that we all float along with clouds in this other dimension. It's you never know. It's all just slightly different. 
or is it slightly the same? So other physicists theorize that there may be different dimensions besides ours, as well as many different timelines. We're not just talking about a different space, like I can take up space here and then you can take up space there, but then you have to add in the concept of time. What time was I in this space? Oh man, so complex. It's like peeling an onion. So of course it's all theory, but if those timelines or dimensions get crossed up and we catch a glimpse of the other side, perhaps ghost sightings occur when the fabric of these universes or dimensions get twisted up temporarily. Like like maybe it's like waves in the ocean. One kind of overlapped the other for a second while it was moving around. I mean, I I've like this theory also. So it just begs the question if other beings are accidentally getting in our dimension, are we accidentally getting into theirs? Are they seeing glimpses of us as ghosts? Are we even alive? <laughs> are we the dead? You get what I'm saying? It's just a description of where you are. We could be the dead ones, ghosts in other dimensions. Oh my gosh. So, so this brings us to number three, which says ghosts are angels and demons. Yep. I have completely had experiences like this. There's another school of thought that says there is no such thing as ghosts. This is comforting news until you hear the second part of the theory, which is ghosts are actually demons or angels manifesting in a manner that is understandable to you. So these heavenly beings well, angels and demons, you know, they're doing this together. It's not one or the other. They work together. They're like, um, what would you say? Co-workers. They're co-workers. So they are very talented in manifesting in ways that us humans would be able to communicate better or have not so much of a complete fucking meltdown if we saw some etherical being. They come to us in ways that we can understand them. That's right. So, you know, grandpa at the end of your bed might actually be a guardian angel looking down on you, making sure you are safe. They have taken on the form of your grandpa because they know that this form is comforting to you. You feel safe with it. You feel like you can talk to it and you will reveal things to it and you will take on its advice. And it is a very, very good way to communicate. Um, they're going to listen. They're not going to freak out because it's grandpa. So, wow, that's, I mean, that's also scary because, wow, it's not grandpa. <laughs> uh-uh. So, demons are supposedly particularly fond of portraying little children in order to befriend human children. So, if you were a child and you were approached by another child, you would be very open to communicate. You're going to try to talk to them. You're going to try to get to know them. When you're a kid, you don't care. You'll talk to, you know, anybody who you feel safe around. <gasps> Careful little kids. These demons are coming for you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have demonized um, a lot of things, but if they're this tricky, angels and demons, how do you know the difference? How do you? They have the same thing. They can both do this. They can take on forms. Is it grandma? Is it an angel? Is it a demon? Now we have three choices. So 
Wow. An offshoot of this idea says that demonic spirits are able to control human apparitions and make them do all kinds of horrific deeds. So what they're doing is the demons take over the control of the human apparition. So if there was an apparition that was already there, they're taking over. Hmm. Says, for example, a demon may hold human spirits in this world, gain power from them and prevent them from passing to the next realm. Holy moly. So now I'm getting it. The demons are holding you here. So is this when you make a deal with the devil um, for all those poor Hollywood people that now you can have great success, but once you die, you're mine. I keep you here. And this is how they manipulate your human form in the afterlife to do things to the people that are alive. Man, demons and devils, busy guys. They must not sleep. This is a lot. They can work the clock 24-7 on both sides. (laughs) But if they can, so can angels. So if the five theories, I mean, or of the five theories in this article, this one is probably the least desirable for somebody. (laughs) But number four is ghosts are recordings of the past. I love this. So another theory says that ghost sightings can be explained by past events somehow recording themselves into the environment. So what does that mean? That means their sound is actually imprinting into the fabric of reality wherever it happens. And what we recognize as a ghost is just really history playing back. There's no spirit present at all. It's like watching a movie. So for paranormal investigators, this is what they would call a residual haunting. So some investigators speculate that different types of natural geology or geography, such as rocks and bodies of water or water below ground, it may be conducive to residual hauntings. They don't know for sure. This idea is reinforced by reports of apparitions who appear to walk straight through walls in places where there was once old doorways. So occasionally, like on battlefields such as Gettysburg, who everybody knows this is probably the most haunted place in America, in North America, not on Earth. Um, But ghosts are reported to be seen going about their business, just doing their thing at war, still raging away, just killing it. You know what I mean? And it's like that one, oh, what was that one old like 80s movie uh, where he was stuck in the loop until she broke him out. It's kind of like that. Can you be broken out of the loop? So does that mean you're actually just an echo of a sound? Or are you still connected if you're broken out? I don't know, but it's a fascinating idea. And I mean, if nobody really wants their house to be haunted. But if this theory plays out, then the spirits start talking to you and interacting with you. This is not a recording of the past. It's something very, very different. So ghosts can remain in the past, somehow stamped to the environment. And then we have number five, ghosts are products of the mind. And I think this is also possible. (laughs) Is there anything that I don't think is possible? I don't really know for sure. But it's all in your head, okay? The simplest explanation for ghosts is that they're purely imagined. It's really nice to wrap that all up in like a neat little package and say some people don't like none of these ideas. We're just going to be like, it's not real. And that's fine. I guess that's just how some people view this reality. 
And because it's, you know, less comforting to realize that maybe the ghosts you aren't, you are seeing aren't real. Um, but perhaps the greater psychological issues at hand, which are causing you to hallucinate. So if you see something, I get it. It, your eyes can trick you, but if you're even contemplating that you saw something, then something might have been there. And don't rule it out because that your senses are picking up on this. That's what your senses are for. They are to tell you when things are around you and are interacting with you. So we wouldn't even see it at all, ever, if there wasn't a possibility that it's real. So now I found on this this cool info on higgypop.com slash news, what are ghosts made of? This was great stuff. I really liked this one here. So the defining property of a ghost is its lack of flesh. It's not made up of organic matter or blood and organs like a living human. But if people are able to sense the presence of a ghost, detect them with ghost hunting gadgets, or even see apparitions, there must be something measurable and tangible that creates them. So to answer this question, we first need to break ghosts down into a couple of types of hauntings. There's a belief that within the paranormal world that some ghosts are intelligent and capable of interacting with their surroundings, and then there's the residual hauntings, and they're merely events from the past being replayed. So like we said, residual hauntings are just an imprint of energy that's been left behind by someone who probably suffered a tragic or traumatic, like death, like a murder, suicide, execution. So the energy used by the body and the brain in resisting death can be so immense that those events can be replayed either on the anniversary of the event, uh, when the atmospheric conditions are similar, or when someone is susceptible or tuned into that energy. Uh, That energy happened. It's still there. It's at a different time. But is it? Because if all of time is the same and the past, the present, and the future have all happened simultaneously, we're just viewing it at whatever viewpoint we want. Yeah, it's there. It's still right there. So the energy of strong positive or strong negative emotions can cling to its surroundings. The energy created from the emotion. So your emotions have energy and energy is mass. So the phenomenon is known as stone tape theory due to the belief that energy is captured and then stored like a video recording in the surrounding bricks, woodwork, stone, and possibly even the soil and the land. So when the conditions are are right, these materials release this energy and you sense or see the event occur in exactly the same position as it did years ago. Because if there is something recording us, because if there wasn't, how would we even see something from the past? That means we're being recorded. They have all of our actions, all of our thoughts, all of our sounds, all of our emotions, and they can use it is happening and accessible and we can tap into that what so as residual hauntings represent nothing more than a reflection of your past you can't communicate with it 
So there's that. I mean, it's just like trying to talk to a movie that it's not going to talk back to you. I mean, how cool would it be if it did? But it is what it is. The vision seen are not aware of the surroundings. Like they don't know that you're watching them. They cannot interact with you and are not aware of your presence because they might not even be um, alive anymore or dead. Like it could just literally be a recording. It's not a real energetic body that has a soul and is connected to the source or is it I still feel like if this has been recorded that is a part of you and you are still connected to it so even though you die you should be able to be able to connect with all of the yous in the universe which is everybody but one more thing I want to point out for everybody to think about here is that everybody thinks that ghosts are humans from the past that have died. But what if they are humans from the future that haven't even been born? Wow. Go in the other direction with this and you're going to see that the simulation theory fits beautifully into this. What if the ghosts aren't even alive yet? These are humans from the future, angels and demons from the future, uh, multidimensional beings from the future coming to visit you. Oh my gosh, opens up a whole new door. So how do you get in? Like which direction can you go? How far can you go? (laughs) Are ghosts from the future, not just the past? So a parapsychologist, oh, I wanted to do this. Oh my gosh, I wanted to be a parapsychologist at one time. Dr. Hilary Bosnich says, if we were to define ghosts as non-physical spirits that can't interact with their surroundings or the physical world around them, then it is impossible to see one or to interact with one in any way. Exactly what I just said. If it wasn't possible, it would never happen. So he suggests that if ghosts can't interact with their surroundings, then that would include not just objects, buildings, and people, but would also mean that they can't interact with the air, the light, the other forms of electromagnetic energy around them. And light would not be able to hit a non-physical spirit and bounce off, which would mean they're not invisible to the human eye. They would not be able to interact with the air around them, making speech and sounds impossible. So, and I've said this before, where does sound come from? Sound exists outside of this dimension as well. It travels through dimensions. Where is the sound coming from? We can hear it. Crazy. So when it comes to intelligent hauntings, it's a little different. These types of hauntings are like the classic ghosts. They can move objects or touch people or slam doors and throw things around. So clearly, when they manifest, there is some kind of physical force behind them. Many paranormal researchers believe that when someone dies, they continue to live on outside of their body as a form of electromagnetic energy. It is thought that this is the EM energy that is responsible for ghosts. This is why ghost hunters often use electromagnetic field meters to detect the presence of ghosts. However, there are some who dispute these claims, like, all of them, especially those in the science field. I get it. You know, a lot of times you have to be able to reproduce things to be able to study them and understand them. And it is almost impossible to reproduce 
paranormal experiences because they're not supposed to be reproduced. They are supposed to be experienced by an individual. So what does that mean that they are? Are they communications? Are they information? Are we trying to gain knowledge here? Are these pinpointed to certain people and not to others? How do we direct people into getting these experiences or not? Like, (laughs) how do we, how do we map this out? So Professor Brian Cox thinks that the particle accelerator at CERN has proved that there is no unknown or undiscovered psychic energy, which is inside the body. Um, I question anyone who thinks that they know that there's nothing else new (laughs) about something. Really? Nothing new, huh? But so Professor Cox, uh, he says that this, this European Center for Nuclear Research is where this particle accelerator is. And it accelerates atomic particles to speeds approaching the speed of light before slamming themselves together and allowing scientists to discover new particles. Now, I always had the theory that this is fantastic because we can learn a little bit more about what our reality is. I'm always for that. But then you realize that sometimes these really drastic, dangerous ways don't have to be used. There's got to be very non-sketchy ways um, to produce these kinds of particles that we'll probably learn about after we smash them together trying to cut a hole in the fabric of reality. (laughs) But Professor Cox says, I would say if there's some kind of substance that's driving our bodies, making my arms move and legs move, then it must interact with the particles out of which our bodies are made. Then my assertion is that there can be no such thing as an energy source that's driving our bodies. Hmm. I don't know. If there, he says, if there were some kind of force or energy within our bodies that controlled our limbs and gave us our life force, then we would be able to detect that energy interacting with the atoms within our bodies. But we don't, which would suggest the force doesn't exist. Man, I don't know. I don't see something not existing because we have labeled it incorrectly or just don't quite understand it because I do feel like there is a magical source of energy that is entering our bodies um, and giving us our life force. How uh, how else are we going to be born into this world and then die? We would be forever if we didn't have something connecting, you know, our energy to be alive and unplugging when we're dead. <laughs> but paranormal investigators would argue that The paranormal falls outside of the realms of normal science, and that is by its very nature unmeasurable. But Dr. Bosnich says that the unmeasurable is essentially the non-existent. I understand both of their views. I really, really do because I like science, but I'm a spiritual person. So they're both right. Like, if you can't measure it, that doesn't mean it exists. And if something doesn't exist, that means you can't measure it. (laughs) They're both right. So there's a lot of inconsistencies when it comes to, you know, what spirits can manipulate and what they're doing and what they can't do and how we would know. Like ghost stories are, I don't know, the only way that we're getting this information at all. So in almost all ghost reports, the spirit switches states 
which means that they can interact with their surroundings, they're able to move about, um, be seen by a human eye, or communicate using sound. Other times, spirit pass through solid objects seemingly at will. And Dr. Bosnich gave the example, think of Casper the Friendly Ghost. He can typically pass through walls, but walks on the floor. So he's following certain rules and not others. This leaves Dr. Bosnich to question how this change of state occurs. He says, assuming ghosts exist, how do they change state? Can they change state at will? Or is this change a result of environmental or atmospheric conditions? Do they know their ghosts? Do they know that they're changing so that we can see them? Or are we the ones changing so they can see us? <laughs> I don't know for sure, but the idea that the dead remain with us in spirit is a very ancient one, and it's like in the Bible and everything, so people have been talking about ghost stories uh, forever. So a belief in ghosts is a part of a larger web of related paranormal beliefs like near-death experiences, life after death, spirit communication, um, you know, the belief offers many people comfort because they don't want to believe that their loved ones who've died, you know, aren't looking out for us or will be with us or will be with them someday. So it's this need to stay connected to people who have passed on. And yeah, hello, like we're, we are headed in the same direction. We're all going to die. It's fine. So we just want to make sure that all the people that have gone before us, we're still going to be able to meet up with and hang out with and... And the answer is yes. Oh my gosh. Like we don't just stop to cease existing. Like there's a reason we're all here in the first place. So don't worry. You can believe whatever you want to believe. So people have tried to communicate with spirits for ages. Like the Victorian era was a booming time for that. And lots of upper class ladies would hold seances in their parlors with tea and crumpets and ghost clubs dedicated to searching for ghostly evidence formed at prestigious universities like Cambridge, Oxford, and in 1882, the most prominent organization, the Society for Psych Psychical the Society for Psychical Research was established. A woman named Eleanor Sedwick was an investigator and later president of that group and could be considered the original female Ghostbuster. That's awesome. I would have loved that job. <laughs> Do we have any more jobs like that now? I would sign up for that. I feel like I would be a great employee. So... They, I found on, oh my gosh, what website is this? Fuck, I don't even know. Well, I found on the internet <laughs> that there might be different types of ghosts that are haunting you. So they're not all the same. They're not all equal. They have, you know, all kinds of different kinds of ghosts out there. So let's see which one you have. All right. So first kind of ghost that you could possibly have is a poltergeist. So poltergeists are like super noisy and aggressive. They have the ability to manipulate the physical environment. They can open windows and drawers and they can move chairs and push books off of shelves and they can turn on bathtubs and turn off lights, slam doors. They sound like a bunch of fucking kids that are running around bored that can't go outside and play on a snow day. <laughs> The poltergeist activity usually starts off mildly, though, and causing occurrences that people mistake as, like, coincidences at first. So you're like, hi, huh, I swear I put my keys here. Or like, oh, I didn't 
remember leaving that open. Um, however, as time passes, the activity will intensify. And sometimes the poltergeist will leave on its own, but other times it will end with not good stuff. Like people are just like, you know, I'm out of here. And uh, I mean, it would get super annoying after a while, just like an annoying kid. <laughs> You're like, I need you to take a nap. Can we have a timeout for a minute here? But the next type of ghost is the interactive personality. So these are the most common ghosts. They are loved ones who are returning to bring you comfort or to convey important information they believe you should know. These ghosts can emit a scent like perfume or cigar smoke in order to help you sense their presence. And they can also make noises and might even speak to you. So interactive personalities retain the same personality that they had when they were alive and can still experience emotions. These ghosts are friendly and return because they know you need to see them again and they know you need their help. I like these. I, I feel like I see these all the time. Um, orbs is the next kind. So orbs are the most common type of photographic evidence to support the existence of ghosts. They are either blue or white translucent balls of light that appear hovering over the ground in pictures. So what they say is orbs are the soul of a human or an animal that is traveling from one place to another. They appear as circles because the shape makes it easier for them to get around. It's a very universal shape. However, the longer they exist in the world, the easier they can transform into full body apparitions. How interesting. So I have been a photographer for years and I can say that a lot of times orbs is dust particles that you're capturing that are in the air by a flash. Um, there are sometimes spots on your lenses. There are lots and lots of uh, possibilities like lens flare from a light or the sun, like that green little spot that pops up. That's the sun. You can move it around. Um, but there are so many more times that it is not explainable. And then when we get into the field of video, we can actually see on surveillance videos and different things, the actual movements of these orbs. So it's not like it's just a piece of dust. They have an actual, um, it is an intelligent movement that you're seeing. It's not just something blowing in the wind. So the next type of ghosts you can have is a funnel ghost. So these ghosts are loved ones returning to visit. They most frequently appear in old historical buildings or inside of private homes where they once lived. So funnel ghosts cause cold spots and when they're visibly seen, they look like a swirling funnel. Huh. They can also be caught in photographs as a spiral of light. I get it. Okay, funneling because information when it is in light, if you think of your DNA strand, it does spin in this funnel type movement. So maybe that's just how they're moving around. You're actually seeing their movements rather than it being just like a little dot. Um, another kind of ghost you can have is an ectoplasm or like ectomist. And these ghosts appear several feet off the ground and they take the shape of like swirling mass of mist. And they kind of look gray or black or a little white and they can move quickly, but they can also choose to remain in place and they appear outdoors, oh my gosh, in graveyards. I don't know if I've ever caught any pictures of like um, a fog in the mist. Oh my gosh, I would need to try to do this. I love shooting in, in uh, cemeteries. But battlefields, the whole Gettysburg, that happens a lot out there. 
So um, another not so fun type is a demonic possessed human entity. So getting a little, <laughs> a little technical here. When an evil spirit infiltrates a living person, it controls their conscious energy. So since they are inhabiting a physical body, these ghosts have a greater strength than the rest. They can move objects. They can hurt people. Um, they can kill people. They are as dangerous as demons. So it's a human, a live human who is possessed by a demon. Yikes. Blech. No. I feel like one, yeah, I used to say, oh, sometime they asked me um, what my greatest fear was. And I was like, ah, becoming possessed. Sounds awful. No. Uh, but another kind of a uh, ghost you can have is a demon. So these are powerful, supernatural beings. Yeah. They can invade homes, attach themselves to objects, and inflict mental and physical torture. This sounds awful. These ghosts can morph into any shape. However, they are most commonly witnessed as black masses standing in doorways. Blech. I've seen that. I've seen it multiple times. And it is not a black mass in your room. It's not always a demon. I can tell you that. But a black mass in your bedroom can most definitely be a demon. <laughs> I'm not hoping at all, am I? So, um... <laughs> It is common for multiple demons to exist in the same location because the energies that are blocking them from crossing over. I don't know how this whole crossing over thing works. Sometimes I'm like, how in the world are we? Is the crossing over just that that pinpointed singular point where you transform from one thing to the next? I don't know if there's just one single point, you know? I don't know if there can ever be. There's always got to be like a middle ground. But is that the crossing over? Like, bam, now there's no turning back. Is there like a no turning back point? Um, so, yeah, demons. They should never be challenged because they suck. Um, yeah, just choose love and uh, you'll do just fine. Shadow people. It's another kind of ghost seen those you can spot these ghosts out of the corner of your eye like they are peripheral vision guys okay but as soon as you turn to look at them they go they go away your peripheral vision is actually the sharpest part of your eyes you can see those quick little movements out of the corner of your eyes so that we can be good predators because we are apex predators um so yeah the peripheral vision guys those little shadow people they're they're there all the time. Uh, if you happen to see them face to face, you will notice an extremely like dark void, like nothing there, just darkness. It's like a silhouette of person. And they could be wearing um, a hood or a cloak. People like to say that. Or there's like the hat man guy. Like a lot of people have seen the guy with the tall hat. And after you spot them, they kind of retreat back into like wherever other dark stuff like walls and closets and into televisions like poltergeist. They can even fade just right into the darkness of night. Kaboop, can't see them, like dissipates. Oh, shadow people. Um, the next ones are crowd demons. Oh, I haven't heard of this. So these ghosts are attracted to crowds. They only show up on locations that are occupied by large groups of people. When they are photographed, they take the form of distorted shapes crowd demons does that mean that they're like really going for the mother load that they're not even just messing around with a few of them they're going for like 
a lot of people. It's where all the energy is and they're siphoning it. I don't know. To protect, protect yourself, people. Do your best. <laughs> That's all I can do. <laughs> but another kind of ghost is animal ghosts. Oh. Although they can appear as full body apparitions, animal ghosts are commonly heard rather than seen. They might scratch on the doors or the walls or make little sounds or whine or bark or howl or whatever they do is usually what you will hear. Um, so another kind of ghost is an inanimate ghost. So these ghosts are embodied by objects rather than people. So is this like the Annabelle and like all the haunted little trinkets and stuff? So they can take form in ships, cars, trains, or even lamps. Wow, I wasn't thinking big enough. Like haunted ships, haunted cars and trains, lamps. I'm going to need to sage all the stuff that I get from like all these garage sales real quick. <laughs> I mean, I usually do a little thing where I'm all like, oh, thank you. I'm going to allow you into my home and I'm going to take care of you. And you can, you know, just get rid of any bad energy and you can just relax here. So the next kind of ghost you could have is a doppelganger. Uh, what? Okay. I knew there's doppelgangers when you're alive, but when you're dead, there's a doppelganger ghost. Okay, these ghosts can project themselves in multiple places at once so that they are multiple beings that look exactly the same. They can even mimic the look of someone who is still alive, which is why you might swear you've seen a loved one when they were in a completely different location. Wow doppelganger ghosts. Fuck. This is going to get real complicated. So they also have this type called a lemur. I think that's how you say it. Uh, these are angry ghosts who wander around. They're associated with darkness and doom and misfortune. They're kind of like the gloomy goth ghosts. And the reason they're so malevolent is because they had their life cut short and did not have a proper burial, I guess. Um, they might not have had any family to mourn them either. I don't know um, about all the qualifications to become whatever label we decide to label them, but I have ran into wandering ghosts before. Uh, there was this wanderer that would jump from building to building down in the arts district that I used to be a part of. And yeah, I saw this thing jump from one building to the next to the next and then just fall down into that third one. And I was like, oh, well, well, there's that. I mean, I didn't feel like it was going to harm me, but I don't feel like it was very happy. So, so the last kind of ghost that I have on the list today that you could have is an artificial ghost. So these ghosts are created from stories. When a group of people get together and put a name to a ghost, their spiritual energies can manifest that ghost into creation. This is what I'm talking about with the tulpas. When you all come together and you start sharing these stories that create this ghost that's in this house and this thing happened to him. And when you go there on this date, you'll be able to see this. And it's like, you're literally creating a tulpa and it's becoming, it's becoming real and you're giving life to it. And now it exists when it never did because of us. Yeah. We create our own ghosts. We create our own ghosts. As crazy as that sounds. 
But I guess I have one more of the craziest scenarios that a ghost could be. So I've found this out over the years as well. And this one took me a minute to really be able to grasp the concept. But the ghosts that you might have in your house could be you. I know this one is like, but seriously. So a lot of times we are multidimensional beings. We exist in a lot more places than just this one little spot here on earth. Uh, So we are happening all over the place. And there is a high probability that you have a very high interest in yourself and you will come visit yourself to check on yourself because this happened to me. And it's a very strange, (laughs) like I couldn't figure it out for years. There's this thing in my room in the corner and I was like, I don't know what's happening, but you know, we can talk if you want to, but They never did, and it would piss me off sometimes because I'm like, I know you're there. And after going to this hypnosis session, I came to terms with it was me. I was ghosting myself, fucking with myself. (laughs) I mean, honestly, this sounds pretty awesome. I'm super glad that I decided to check in on myself, but... This is a very real concept of what the ghosts might be in your home. They might be you. And take that how you will. (laughs) But this is a great time to transition into the next story. So now I guess I'm going to get into my own fun, awesome ghost experience that I want to share for today. So I've had lots of them. It's really hard to narrow it down to just like one, but there is one that happened while I was in high school. I mean, I think a lot of the ghosty stuff happened in high school, but I just remember um, I was in a deep sleep, man. I was like remnant, real good. And for some reason I was on my back, which is not how I normally sleep. But I do remember that I'm in a deep sleep and then bam, my eyes flash open. And what I see is this face that was completely green. It was like a female's face. It just felt feminine because of its softer features to it. But it was just this woman's face. And it's she's floating directly above me. So she had to have been parallel looking down at me. Um, And she was probably only about maybe a foot 12 inches at the most from my face, like right up in it. And the moment that my eyes flashed open, it was a little bit of a delay for her reaction. Like she realized that now I am looking right at her and her eyes get really big and she just like, (gasps) and dissipated. And I freaked her out. And I'm laying there going, wait, where did you go? I... I could tell, I could sense she was not a threat. She was nothing evil. It was nothing like to be afraid of. So instantly I was like, hey, hey, come here. I Talk to me. <laughs> like I laid there for a while and I was like, I will talk to you. And she never came back. And finally I was like, whatever, I'm going back to sleep. 
because I love sleep. And I just, I did just that. And it's still to the stage is so crazy that I am the one who scared the ghost that was in my room. (laughs) But I never heard of anybody having another experience like this until a couple years ago. I cannot remember exactly where I was. I'm pretty sure I was listening to something on like KRG or KGRA radio where someone called in and said that there was this green face that they woke up to uh, in the middle of the night. And I believe they said it was very similar where it kind of just faded away. And I'm like, what is this? I'm not the only one. It's like when I had my first um, sleep paralysis thing happen to me. I didn't know for years that this happened to other people until I saw it on celebrity ghost stories. And I was like, wait, what? This happens to other people? It's so fun to hear other stories of these experiences because not only does it, I don't want to say validate because I don't need the validation of somebody else's story to believe in mine. But what it does for me is like, oh my gosh, I could learn more. I could have a better understanding. I might be able to add to the knowledge of what's happening here. And that's the cool stuff right there. So... (laughs) ghosts. What are they? (laughs) I don't know for sure. I think that they can be anything you want them to be. So you can name them whatever you want to be. And it seems like we've done just that. We've come up with all these names for something that could be the same thing, just dressed up in different outfits. So I hope that you've enjoyed the time that we have spent here together. I know that I have. I love this stuff. I love ghosts and weird, even the creepy stuff. Like it's pretty, it kind of (laughs) sucks like when it's happening. But I think sometimes it seems like that because you just don't have an understanding like of it completely. Yes, there is evil in the world. Yes, protect yourself as much as you can just by being a good person. That really is like the key. But even good people can have scary experiences and just know that they can be so many different things. They can be what you, whatever you want them to be. Um, or you can ignore them. <laughs> and you can be like, it's a figment of my imagination. So whatever you decide, I hope that you'll enjoy the next Access Elysium podcast.